on, I want to hear your worship. Come on, let your worship saturate the atmosphere. We pray for you tonight. Oh God. Oh God. The enemy can make you feel like, oh, well, you ain't praying right. You got to insert the name of Jesus here and not at the end of your prayer. And if you do it like that, maybe you'll get your prayers answered. How many of you know that that has absolutely nothing to do with it? It's not that you're not praying the right prayers. It's God told me, he said, it could possibly be, and it is, it is that we are not in, we are not, we are not in, how should I word this? Because I want to say this right, and I don't want to cause any confusion. It's not that we're not praying the right prayers, but it's that we are not coming into covenant with God. What does it mean when you come into covenant with him? It means that there is something that he needs in the earth. And so you say, God, I see that this is what you want. And I am willing to be the vessel that causes what you need to happen in the earth to take place. This is a prayer that only mature saints can pray. Everybody can't pray this prayer. Because we live in a day and age, hey, Reverend Latif, we live in a day and age where we are taught to be very selfish. It's unfortunate, especially over here in the Western civilization. When you look at the Western church, when you look at how we do things on the Western hemisphere, we are very selfish. We think of ourselves and ourselves only. And when we don't have what we want, we will completely break break off our promises with the Lord. If it is not, if it is not centered around what we want and how we, and and what we want and how we want it and what we want it to look like, then all bets are off. But how many of you know that in the word of God, when we study out the word of God, those of us that are ministers, those of us that are believers, when we constantly study out the word of God, we will see that these individuals, God spoke to them and he said, look, this is what I want to create in the earth and I want to use you to do it. And it was not always easy. Come on, I'll prove it to you. You remember Gideon? The Bible says that the children of Israel, they had strayed away from the Lord. They were worshiping all type of idols. And it just so happens that Gideon's father was the leading force behind all of these high places and these altars that were being erected in their region. And the Bible says that because they did this, the Bible says that the Midianites were able to gain access into the region and steal everything that they had labored for. They were able to steal their crops. Those of you that know anything about farming and planting seed, that takes time and it takes hard work. So here they are, they are farming, they are planting seed, they are sowing, and the enemy is now able to come in and take everything that they labored for. Does that sound familiar to some of you? Come on, I can feel that 
my message might be shifting a little bit for just a little moment. Have you ever found yourself in a place where you were doing the labor, you were doing the hard work, but it seems as though every time that it gets ready to grow and when it's manifestation time, it gets stolen by the enemy. What is happening? How is it that the enemy has access to my life like this? Well, one of the things that I was teaching our people on last night is that you have to make sure that every command and every instruction that the spirit of God gives you is adhered to. You have, especially down through here in this season, you have to make sure that every command is followed because oftentimes when we hear the word sin, we think of clubbing, we think of drinking, we think of sexing, we think of partying and that's the mentality of the church. And so when we hear the word sin, we equate it to those things, but we don't equate sin to disobedience because I can be dis as disobedient as I possibly want and still get what I want from the Lord. No, that's not how it works. Sin means missing the mark. That's what it boils down to, missing the mark. And so you can miss the mark if God gives you a command and you refuse to obey it. You are missing the mark. And every time that you miss the mark or every time you are operating in a stubborn spirit or you are operating in rebellion, you don't realize this, but in the realm of the spirit, you give the enemy legal right and access to come into your life and to steal everything that you have labored for and that you have sown for. But when you have a covenant connection with the Lord, come on, this is what Abraham experienced. This is what Gideon was getting ready to experience. When you have a covenant connection with the Lord, let me tell you something. It is no longer your responsibility to see to it that the seed grows. It is now the kingdom of heaven's responsibility to see to it that the seed grows and that the harvest manifests. And what I have found is that the majority of the time, the reason why we can't come into partnership with the Lord is because somewhere along the way, we have thought to ourselves that it is our responsibility to make it happen. Let me tell you what that is the definition of. That is the definition for the word toil. When you figure to yourself that it is your responsibility to make something happen, you are toiling. This is what Adam was subject to when he lost his rights in the Garden of Eden. The Bible says that the Lord, he, he caused every tree to grow, every herb of the field to grow, every plant to grow. They had food for eating. They had enough seed. The Bible says that seed time and harvest was always available to Adam. And the Bible says that there were even rivers that had gold in it. It had jewels in it. And the Bible says that all God did was he took Adam and he placed him in the garden to tend and to keep it. 
And then the Bible says that when Adam was disobedient, there goes that word there. Come on here. The Bible says that when Adam was disobedient, he lost his rights. In other words, now he has now he has now have to become a part of a system that requires him to work and sweat, that requires him to toil. If you want something, you have to come up with it. If you want something, you are now responsible to make it happen. You can no longer depend on the kingdom of heaven to cause it to happen for you according to your faith you have to do it can I tell you that this is the system that so many of us are still connected to even as believers and so what does God do God reconciles us with that system God sends his son Jesus and gives us now back the opportunity to reconnect with the kingdom of of God. Where is the kingdom of God? It is located on the inside of you. And so now that means that because I am now reconnected with the kingdom of God, because of the ultimate high priest, Jesus Christ, that means that whatever it is that I want, all I have to do is speak it because it's in me. Whatever it is that I desire, all I have to do is open up my mouth and put it out there in the earth. Because as I am putting my my words out there in the earth as I am making declarations as I am making decrees I am framing my world I am creating what I want my life to look like now this can either be bad or this can be good because death and life are now in the power of the tongue but when you recognize and understand that the kingdom of God is alive and well on the inside of you and all I have to do is open up my mouth and speak those things that be not as though they were. I can see it and I can have whatsoever I say. Come on here, somebody. The Bible says, the Bible says that if you speak to this mountain, the be that to be removed and be cast into the sea, it has to happen. And so now we are coming into a greater understanding that our words have power. Come on, whoever said that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Let me tell you something. Your words have the power not only to hurt you, but words have the power to kill you. Come on, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Words have the power to kill your, your harvest. Words has the power to kill the world that you are so busy framing. It has the power to build it up in one minute and to tear it down in the next. And so we as believers, we have been reconnected back to the kingdom of God. God has placed the kingdom of God on the inside of us through the power of Holy Spirit. We have the ability now to reconnect with that. We have the ability now to get everything that we want, everything that we desire. Come on. We don't serve a God of our needs only. It is his responsibility to see to it that you 
have food. It is his responsibility to see to it that you have clothes on your back, to see to it that you have shoes on your feet. Why? Because you are an ambassador and we have been sent from the kingdom of God and you have, or the kingdom of heaven, and you have never heard about an ambassador being sent from his or her nation naked. You've never heard an ambassador being sent from his or her nation, not having clothing, not having food, not having proper housing. It is God's responsibility to see to it that you are, that you have every need taken care of in your life. But it is our responsibility to say to God what we want. Oh my God, I'll prove it to you. The Bible says that they ran out of wine at the wedding. A lot of times we get so thrown off with that story and we get so carnal and we're like, ooh, they were drinking wine, so can I. That had nothing to do with getting drunk at a wedding. So stop using that as an excuse to act up at Mimi's, at, at, at your Aunt Mimi's wedding coming up this Saturday at 11 a.m. <laughs> Stop using that as an excuse. They got drunk at the wedding. They drunk wine at the wedding. And so can I. We're so carnal minded. That had to do with the fact that they wanted wine. And it just so happened that Jesus was there. Mary understood the power that he had and what he was capable of doing. So Mary went to him and said, look, they don't have no more wine. This is your moment. I know that you are a God of our wants. They want wine, make it happen. And the Bible says that he turned the water into wine. And when they presented the wine, the wine was so good, y'all. They said normally we would drink the best wine at the beginning of the celebration, but we saved the best wine for last. That had to do with wants. When you want something from the Lord, stop feeling bad about it because he is the one that placed that desire on the inside of you. When you desire something from the Lord, stop shunning it and saying, oh, it's too much for him. No, do you know your scripture? The Bible says the young lion do suffer and lack hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want for any good thing. And then it goes on to say that whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe it and you shall see it. My want and my desire is the same thing. Whatever it is that you want from the Lord, you have the power to put it out there and say it. And just like God responded to the men at the wedding in Cana that wanted wine, just like Jesus responded to Mary when she told him, this is what they want, make it happen. That's the same way that the spirit of the Lord will respond to you when you open up your mouth and and say, this is what I want. And this is how I want it. This is when I want it. Come on. You're not being a dictator to the Lord. You are putting back to, you are putting back on him what he has told you that he is willing to do. Stop just approaching the Lord with your needs. That's an insult. The king is supposed to make sure that his ambassadors are fed. 
I'm not coming to the Lord, giving him my needs anymore because that's an insult to his kingdom. That's me telling him, you done sent me all the way out here to Bermuda with nothing and you want me to represent you? What kind of king are you? That's the way that it makes him feel. But when you come to the Lord and you say, Father, I understand that I'm an ambassador, God, but there are some extra things that I want down here on earth and I'm letting you know right now because you said in your word the lord is my shepherd i shall not want you should never be in want come on i'm i feel like i'm talking to somebody on today hey miss galia you should never be in a place where you are in want and you certainly should never be in a place where you are in need not when the kingdom of god is on the inside of you so gideon he came into partnership or into covenant it with the Lord. The Bible says that the Lord showed up to Gideon and he said to him, mighty man of valor. And then he told him his assignment. He said, look, this is what I need in the land because my people are being stolen from. Not only do I need for you to go and get back everything that was stolen from them, but I need for you to also lead, be a leader to them and let them know that they strayed away from me and I need for them to come back because that's the thing about a covenant with the Lord. It cannot be broken. Come on, some of us need to get this on today. It is bigger than you just being disobedient. It is bigger than you just ignoring a command. It really has to do with you breaking a covenant that you made with the Lord. The Bible says that Hannah, she made a vow. She made a covenant. She made a promise to the Lord. She said, look, if you give me a son, I'll dedicate him back to the temple. And the Bible says that when she had her son, that's exactly what she did. But this is what we do as believers, because a lot of times when God makes requests for our lives, it is uncomfortable. I stated that when I talked about Gideon, Gideon was just as afraid as everybody else was of the Midianites, because the Bible says when God came to him, he was in the he was in the barn threshing wheat on the threshing floor. And the only problem with that is wheat is supposed to be threshed outside so that the air can catch the so that the air can catch the chaff and blow it away and cause the wheat to fall back down to the ground but he was doing it on the inside of the barn because he was afraid that the Midianites was going to see him let me tell you something when God makes a request from when God makes a request from you concerning your life it is not going to be easy it's not going to be an easy yes because it comes with a cost. And what happens is because we understand that it's going to cost us something, we start to think about what all it's going to require of us. And we begin to start taking back our promises that we told the Lord that we would do if he did his part. Here's the thing. God will always do his part. He, he, God fulfilled his promise to Hannah first. Now we know that she couldn't take the baby out of her and the, and the baby develop in the temple 
the baby developed in the temple uh, instead of developing in her womb. I understand that, but he still kept his promise. And so a lot of times we give God, come on, I know I'm talking to somebody on today. A lot of times we tell the Lord what we are willing to do for him. But when the moment comes, y'all better hear me today. I feel like tuning up. And God, <laughs> when the moment comes for us to keep our word, we go back on it because we begin to start realizing just how much this is going to cost us. We realize, oh my God, this is going to cost me my life. Oh my God, this is going to cost me my baby. I mean, what I said when I, when I was in the moment of desperation, I said that because I was desperate. I said it because I was hurting. Yes, I meant it. But when you're in a moment of desperation, you really don't know what you are saying until it's time to make good on that promise. You're in a moment and the presence of God is strong and prophecy is going on and tears are streaming down your face. It is easy to tell the Lord at that moment, God, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. It's easy to say it because the atmosphere is right for it. But you let you, but 10 days later, you let and watch all hell break loose in your life. At that moment, you were not thinking about the promise that you gave to the Lord. At that moment, you are thinking about running. Come on, how do we know this? Elijah, you look at his life. The Bible says that Elijah had dedicated at least three years during the drought to being obedient to the Lord, going to the brook Cherith, drinking from the brook Cherith, going to the, Zara, the, 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 the woman in Zarephath, the widow woman, eating from her table, and then going to Ahab, killing Jezebel's prophets. He did all of that. And at the end of it, he ended up running. Why did he end up running? Because when you are in the heat of the moment, come on, when the fire begins to start blazing, it is easy for you at that moment. That's normally the moment where we start thinking about what we've dedicated ourselves to. At that moment, we begin to start wondering, is it really worth it? And oftentimes what we end up saying to ourselves is, no, it's not. And I don't think I want to do this today. But let me tell you something. When you break a promise with the Lord, it might not seem like it is dangerous. I know we want to believe that, oh, you know, grace is with us and we're in the dispensation of grace and God's got us. And the fact of the matter is those things are true. But when you are operating out of disobedience, you give way or you make room for the enemy to gain access into your life. And this is what we do right at that moment when he comes in, we say, Lord, I don't know why you allow the enemy to attack me like this. When we know good and well, there is something that God has asked us to do that we have said no to over and over again, because we understand that what he is asking from us, it is going to require a sacrifice. 
But can I tell somebody on today? Can I tell you that when the spirit of God, when the Lord, when he, oh my God, can I tell you that everything that God requires from you is a sacrifice? Come on, he's been doing it from the Old Testament. They were required to bring a sacrifice to the priest and then the priest would take it to the altar. They were required to do this on a yearly basis. Come on. Uh, and just as they were required to bring a sacrifice, then we are required to bring a sacrifice of our life now. Oh, we're still required to, it has never changed. The only thing that changed is that we're not bringing goats and lambs to the Lord because we know that the ultimate sacrifice has already been slaughtered for us. And so we understand that his blood, it is still working for us. But now God says, okay, in order for me to work through you, I need all of you. That's a sacrifice. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're shouting right here. Have you hit that share button? God says, in order for this thing to really work, in order for me to get the glory in the earth, like I intended to do when Adam was, when before Adam lost his privileges.